What would change in the world if you, me, and everyone choose to feed the wolf of possibilities instead of the one of doubt, distrust, and despair? The way I see it, our point of view creates reality, not the other way around. Somewhere deep within, I think we know that. In this podcast, I am daring you to claim this remarkable superpower. Join us and be inspired by trackers, explorers, and finders of possibilities from the multiverse of hope. Welcome to the podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities, with your host, Katrina Valentin. Welcome to today's episode of Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. And my guest today is Melika Tamrevardi, an artist living in the deep south of Germany near the mysterious Black Forest. And a few years ago, I bought a painting from Melika. It was the most I've ever paid for a piece of art at that point, And I hanged it over my fireplace where everyone would see it. And I enjoyed every single day, the color and the energy and the movement. And it has become the center of my home. And such is the magic of your work, Melika. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Katerina. Oh, this really touched me, actually. Thank you. You're so welcome. It was, it was, I was, I was looking at it while I was preparing for this interview. And I'm like, I think this piece of art actually wants to be part of the actual interview. And you call your art the Kunsti Leichtigkeit, so the art of ease. And what does that mean? Like actually when I when I started um, my my studio, like I opened up a studio four years ago. I chose to have a studio and go out and be seen. And um, I was looking for a name and I was like, okay, what is it that I would love to bring into the world? And it was this feeling of ease or the art of ease, like to have ease with everything and invite ease into your life. And that's a job I give to my art pieces as well. So they bring ease into the life of people and joy and beauty and ah, abundance. Well, did you always know you wanted to be an artist from the from when you were a kid? Or were you always an artist? It's maybe a better question. <laughs> I think I have always been an artist, which is so funny because the other day I just thought about it and I was like, what is it that I enjoyed the most when I was a kid? And it was so funny because other kids would just like go out and play. And I would invite my friends over. We would dress up and I would take photos of them. <laughs> so what I did was I added now, now I added that piece of uh, playing with those photos afterwards and, and creating art pieces out of them. And yeah, that's something I really enjoy. How did you, like, did you go to school to become an artist or did the artistry come to you? Like, how, how did it, how did it happen? How did it really happen? Like, I had, like, as a major art at school and my parents were like, yeah, the second best art school <laughs> was in the town I was living in, in Germany. And they told me that if I want to study art, I would have to live with them. <laughs> and I was like, no way. <laughs> So I started studying literature and anthropology just to be able to move out from home because we were just not getting along at all. And I took arts classes during my studies. So I just went into classes. And what I did was like after one or two sessions, I would just not go there anymore. 
and I made me wrong for that I was always like oh my god I'm like I'm not consistent I'm not finishing anything I'll just go go for two lessons and then I'll just skip until someone asked me like hey did you get all the information in those two hours and I was like oh yes I'm so quick so I'm like a sponge and that's what I realized afterwards so I I finished my studies traveled the world and uh, decided that I would become a writer so I was writing all the time and then I got pregnant at one point and interestingly enough with that pregnancy I couldn't write anymore so I couldn't put three sentences together I was just like dumb (laughs) it was like uh uh. and then a gallerist asked me if I would love to do an art class with the artists who exhibit in her gallery and I was like oh that would be fun and there was this one woman who actually gave an arts class who was a Cuban textile designer her artist's name is Nasha and Nasha allowed me to bring Aziz with me she gave me materials and she was like play and I was like what do you mean she was like yeah just play And I was like, what do you mean? Like play, no rules, no regulations. You don't want to tell me what I have to paint. She was like, no, what would be fun for you? And I told her that I'd love to work with photos. And she was like, yeah, go for it. So I started playing, really playing because there was no significance in it. I just did it out of fun. Aziz was with me. I just had like amazing afternoons there. And after a year, I had my first exhibition ready. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, art came to me. So all the stories I wanted to tell about my world travels, the journey, they all came out as paintings at one point. Well, you also use very different kinds of material. You use like wood and paper and real flowers in the way that you work. So is that part of that playful? Yeah, exactly. That's what 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 I learned from my teacher, so to say, or from Magda. She she just actually invited me to play with everything around me without any judgments. She would also like we will work together for like three or four years. That was my that was my learning phase. <laughs> she was like she would just like paint this amazing huge paintings, and then she would call me and be like, Malika, come, you have to paint. You have to paint over my painting. And I'd go there and she would be just like, do whatever you do, do your magic. (laughs) And then I could just like go wild. And then she would overpaint it, but leave bits out. So they just became these masterpieces. And I mean, she still works on some of those pieces. Like she works on a piece for years. I don't do that. (laughs) I don't like that. But it's amazing. And that's how I learned. It's like, you can't destroy something that if you don't judge anything, everything can uh, add to that piece. It's just. Yeah, magical. Well, it's amazing too, because what that means, like where you're saying she painted something and then you came and painted over that, which means that there's no significance to the first. It's no like holding on to that first creation and making it very important. It's the continuous change really in that piece for her, especially if she works on it year after year after year. Yeah. So when you started to also use the tools of consciousness, how do you see, how does art and consciousness go together for you? For me, it's perfect. (laughs) For me, it's adding up, like whatever I do, like with the consciousness classes or the classes I facilitate or the classes I take, the energy that get created there, they will come and flow into my art pieces and my art. And that's like something that's inherent then. It's like inscribed. It's really interesting because 
you can't split it up. And then the same is like with being out of judgment, out of limitations, asking questions, just add up so much to my art. Like I, I would just recommend every artist to do some consciousness besides. <laughs> what I realized is artists work with loads of judgments about their work. And like, that's also right. Like I couldn't write because I was judging what I was writing because I studied it, right? With art, with the paintings, I didn't have that because there was nothing I learned that I had to make me wrong for. And like, when we stop judging what we're doing and ask questions instead, they, the art gets greater and greater and greater, which is really interesting because what we usually used to do or what people do, like what people do with me as well, is like, this is your best art piece. And the moment you say that, you can't outcreate it. You just like, oh, this is the best, so I can't do better than this. And that's what we buy into. But when we ask a question, and that's what I do every time when I do an art piece, I go like, okay, how can this be greater than anything I ever created? So how can this even outcreate anything any artist created ever? And then I'll just go with those questions and ask the painting and talk to it, what it wants to look like, which colors it wants, which material it wants, if it wants some flowers or something else, if it wants epoxy on top, like this glass-like layer, or if it just wants to be pure wood, it's like really interesting, but they will just talk to you and tell you, okay, stop or go or this, or I'll just pass somewhere and it will go like, oh, this, I can add this as well. So it's really interesting. It is so right on with like how we, we judge things that we learn too, what you were mentioning in the beginning, because I noticed that I have a much easier time, for example, writing in English, which is not my first language. It's a language I speak well, and then I'm fluent in, and it's not my first language. So I allow myself not to be perfect. I have such an easier time playing in, the, in English than I have in Swedish. So if you were to give, like, say somebody is kind of like, exploring a little bit about art becoming an artist or playing with the possibilities of being an artist and if you could give them two of the tools that you mentioned now you already started to talk about them and what would be the two like most important ones for them if you could have like a, a consciousness class for artists budding artists actually I kind of did some stuff like that and it was like team creating art classes where it was about team creation and it was always about not being out of judgment and being out of competition and rather rather looking at okay how can I get inspired by the others and by their being one of the questions I love is like if I was really being me what would I choose what would what would I like to create what would I like to show the world what would I like to trickle out yeah well, if you were being you, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about before with the no judgment. Like if you were really being you, not the you that you're supposed to be according to your training or to everybody else's point of view. So is that, is that how you function? Do you know? Yeah. And do you know what it comes back to is like, what would be fun for me? What would be fun for me? Because we usually do stuff that we're told to do. So they go like, you have to paint this hand like this and you have to do this like this. And then you have to use these colors this way or the paper this way. And the moment you get into that playfulness and you go like, oh, what would be fun for me? And I just start like 
playing with the with the pulp like pulp is something like wet paper so i make my own paper and like usually people like dry it and then you've got a piece of paper and what i do is just like i put paints in and materials inside and then i'll just paint with it on my canvas and it's like what would be fun for you and then and this is how my art classes work as well it's like i'll give them a motive and be like okay let's take photos of you you're the motive in this in this painting and then this is the material play with it so what would you like to do what would be fun for you what would be like or what is it that you would love to have on your walls? And I also really love when you were you said you were talking to the art, because the art, in a way, it's an entity. Like any piece of art is an entity, so it has its own desires in the world. So how do you talk to your pieces? It's more that they talk to me. <laughs> it's rather that I'll just I'll just put them around me. Like I'll just start like. Sometimes it's like, you, you know, you ha you're having an exhibition and you have no idea. Then I'll just take color and put the color on the canvas and then just let it stand there. And sometimes it stays there for a year. Sometimes like a week later, I go like, oh, and then comes the motive. And then I see a person, I'll go like, oh, may I take a photo of you? And then I'll take a photo of them. And then I'll just take the outlines of the person and put it on top. And then I'll, and then the material comes. It's like, it all comes together, but I think, it's something I'm being like this receiving all the time from everything and everybody. And that's how they talk to me. It's not like there is this art piece and this is the one like you can do that too. You can just go like, hey, what do you want to look like? What do you want to have on you? Blah, blah. But actually it's rather this whispers of the universe that come from everywhere and this connection or this hmm, communication and cooperation with everything and everyone and then it just pops up and you're like oh this would go on like for example last last year I went to the markets and then there was these flowers that you could eat like put in the salad and they were gorgeous and I was like oh they're gorgeous and they were like take us with you and it was like no I'm not gonna eat you I was like I'm not really like mm. and then I was like yeah I'll just take them with me and by the time I was at home, I was like, oh, I could dry them and then I could put them in the paintings. And that's how it all came up. And I was like, oh, I'll dry them. And then I realized I dried loads of other flowers before. So I had them already, like other flowers already. And then I started playing with the wood and the paragraphy and the flowers and the epoxy. And it just like all came together. And that all came from an idea that I had when I was like 18, when I was in Ibiza. I was in Ibiza and I bought a couple of earrings and it was eucalyptus capsules and inside was a tiny flower with epoxy on top, like this glass-like stuff on top. And I was so, I was so amazed by these earrings that I asked the, the girl who sold them to me how she made them. And she explained that procedure to me. And that was exactly what I'm using now 20 years later <laughs> for my artworks. It's beautiful, but it's also about this like timeless extrapolation and whispering with the universe. It's not about today or this minute when you're doing it. It is you're going back to when you were 18 was the first spark to work you're doing today. So that willingness to be in all time simultaneously, that's really magical. So you also have this capacity to I would say make big dreams come true. And I know you have right now like billboards in a city with your art. So how did that happen? 
I applied for it. Someone told me, someone was like, hey, maybe you would be interested in this. And I was like, why not? And that's something, it's so interesting because that's something I'll just do next to everything else I do. I'll just apply and be like, hey, would you be interested in having my paintings as billboards? And they were just like, they saw them, they were like, yes, we do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's amazing. So that was a year ago. And then it took like quite a time because other people were exhibiting. And then I had that, like the billboards are on until the, until June they will hang there at the crossroads and it's like it's amazing it's like they're huge where, where so exactly where are they hanging in which city Reutlingen Reutlingen is in the south of Germany close to Stuttgart and it's a cultural institution which is called Franz K it's Franz Key <laughs> and they do like concerts and all that kind of stuff and cultural stuff so they have this action where they put billboards of artists to get them out there so what did you what is on the billboards it's two paintings it's one is dream a little dream it's a girl who's dreaming and it's covered by flowers and the other one is attraction which is a couple like there is a guy dancing and a woman flying above him and it's this mutual attraction they have with each other that sounds amazing. So have you gotten any feedback, like any anything from people seeing them? Yes, like everybody is very amazed and very like, it makes them happy. And yeah, so it's like there has been a far bigger feedback than I actually, I didn't expect anything. That's why I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. And if you look at that, like, just look at that energy you perceive when you're perceiving the feedback and it makes them happy, which is such a beautiful effect of art. But if I asked you, so what, what is art for you? Or what is your art for you? For me, it is, yeah, it's the way of expressing myself, but it's, it's not like this. I don't know. Many artists have got this, that they're like, oh my God, this is so personal. I'm rather like, I'm just like, inviting the the world to more ease and more fun and more joy and more beauty that's something I do with my art like that's what it is for me I, I'll just put this energies out there and go like hey guys do you like this as much as I do and does it change your world as well like it's about changing as well it's like like everything we come across changes our being right like when you play dark like heavy metal to flowers they go like <laughs> When we play like classical music to flowers, it's like it changes as well. So it's like this, it does something with you when you look at it. And that's what art is for me, like without any judgment. It's rather this, when you look at it, it changes your being. And what you're talking about is basically the name of this podcast. So you're saying that you're feeding the wolf of possibilities with your art <laughs> and, not, and not the wolf of despair. And so if now when you you even on billboards, what is, what, what's coming next? What, what would be your, your next dream with your art? I would love to hang in museums, like really big ones in big cities, like in London and Paris and stuff. So that would be something I are in galleries in Paris. I'd love to have that. And then I don't really have expectations about it, actually. It's rather this, hey, who else would love to own a Tanri Verdi? Who else's life would a Tanri Verdi change, like a painting that I did change? Well, now you've said this to the universe. You've said to the universe, I'd like to hang my paintings in big museums and possibly galleries. And I'd like my Tanri Verdi's to 
reach even more people. So maybe that is the beginning. And what else is possible? What else is possible there that I haven't even considered? And what else is possible that you haven't even considered with art and artworks? And yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This is, even this conversation brings happiness. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katerina, for having me and and being this amazing space for possibilities and having this podcast is just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, Feeding the Wolf of Possibilities. I hope you have more space in your world now. If you would like to listen to earlier episodes, share with other people or subscribe, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or visit katrinavalentin.com slash wolf.